0: I want you to, over the next month and a half, we're going to talk about what I'm fixing to say to you right now. I'm just giving you this now, but I'm going to talk about it in about five different directions. But um, we are on this earth as Christians to enforce what Jesus came here to do. And what Jesus came here to do, and, and I'm, I'm giving you, I'm gonna, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you a minute to write this down. But what he came to do was to restore the misperception of who God is. He came to restore the misperception of who God is. And we are called to enforce the correct perception of God. God is what? Love. God is love. We're called to enforce that. And in 2019, from right now through into 2019, playing games in your personal life with the love of God will not work. And it will hinder anything and everything else you do. From a financial perspective, from a physical health perspective, from a perspective of peace and joy, If we don't walk in the love of God with the people that we have most difficulties with, if we don't walk in the love of God, it'll hinder. You will not see what what I'm telling you we're going to see in 2019. You won't see it. I'm going to give you four things tonight that are all connected to the love of God, and there are four categories. These are four categories that touch your whole life. As a believer. Now, other people wouldn't have, their categories wouldn't look like this, but you can probably boil everybody's life down to four or five categories. But, but ours is with a fifth one that's connected. The love of God touches everything. You, you can't disqualify the love of God or, or walking in the love of God with, well, you know, I'm a tither, but I'm going to be ugly. You know, I, I speak the word over my health, but I'm not going to act correctly right here. And when you don't do what's right, you know you don't. And we got to get a handle on it, and we've got to work it out because people on the planet have a, mis, a misperception, a misunderstanding of who God really is, and we're called to enforce that to strengthen that, and to show through us who He really is. That's what we're called to do. John chapter 8 and verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in My word, you are My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Everybody say "truth." truth. You'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. One translation says, and the truth you know is what will make you free. And and the truth I know, listen to me, this is how powerful that the word is. The truth that I've taken the time to know and make a part of my life, that truth will set me free. It's not, well, I know some truth, so I should be free. No. No, he said, you'll know the truth and the truth you know is what will make you free. The truth you know and has become revelation and that you're walking in and, and, man, and, and allowing that truth to manifest in your life, when that is manifesting, the truth will do the work. It empowers you to do it. Actually, it gives you the want to to do what's right. right. Yeah. The truth does. But it's the truth I know, the truth that has become revelation to me. They answered him, here's this confused bunch. Remember I said humanity has a misperception of God? They answered him, um, we're Abraham's descendants, and we've never, we never, we've never been in bondage to anyone. What? They're in bondage right now. At, at the writing of this, they were in bondage. They're lying to themselves. We've never been in bondage to anywhere. We're Abraham's seed. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus asked that. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's the word, right? But he said, he said, I know that you're Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me. See, if you're really Abraham's descendants and you know the truth, you wouldn't want to kill him because he was the word. He is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father and has a connection with the Father Abraham, either one, except through Jesus Christ. Now, this is before the cross. They're still looking for a Messiah, most of these guys, not thinking that it would come the way that it came, right? So they have a misperception of God thinking they can act however they want to and be whatever they want to be, and they're going to reap the benefits of Abraham's blessing. Not so. Abraham didn't get away with it. Why would they get away with it? Why did it take 25 years for manifestation, almost 25 years for manifestation in Abraham's life? It's not going to happen in their life the same way they think it is, but it's not. And they have a misperception. We're called to change the perception of the world. I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. Oh, now he's getting mean. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Now they're really confused. Who are you saying is our father? Then they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, and that's God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to to listen to my word, or what it really says there is, you're not able to receive and perceive the truth. It's the truth that makes you free, and it changes your perception of who God is. Now, notice what he said, just back up a second there, look what he said Um, in verse 37. He said, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because My word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with with my Father, and you do what you have seen with your Father. See, there's two separate worlds. Jesus was living in one world, they're living in another world, and he's saying, you're living in the world you live in because there's no truth in you. Did he say there's no knowledge in them? He said there's no truth in them. You can have knowledge and not have truth. That's where the misperception comes from. And I'm going to show you in these four categories tonight how that people have a misperception of God in all four of these categories. It's because they don't know Him as love. If you know God as love, then you can understand these four categories and your perception is right. Or it will be right. Or, or you're on the developing, you're in the developing process of, of it becoming right. Now, 3 John in the back, towards the end, 3 John, one chapter, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I greatly, I I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the, what? The truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. He's talking about the heart of God. God has no greater joy. What What did I tell you earlier? The joy of the Lord is your strength. He said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my kids are taking the truth and applying it and walking in it and doing what I said instead of doing what they think is right. Listen um, if you if your perception is that if you make a mistake God is mad at you nobody can change that perception but you. Now I, I have several other examples like that but, but I want to I Look at him in uh, these categories. Um, in verse, um, in verse eight of this third John, he says, "We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth." You and I have been called to be fellow workers for the truth. He goes on to say several things about different kinds of people in the church. And in verse 11 he says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God or he doesn't have revelation of God. Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. He talked about another guy just in a few verses up there that was not bearing fruit of the truth, but he said, Demetrius has a good testimony that came from the truth. It came from... Being, in other words, a doer of the Word, not just a hearer. The Word of God becomes truth in you when, you when it goes from your ears to now applying it in your life. And if that doesn't happen, then it doesn't become truth and it will not set your life free. All over the next month and a half, we're going to talk about the absolutes of God and about how important it is in my soul. He said, he said in the second verse, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as what? As you work out all these details in your soul, in your mind, your will, your emotions. As these things are being worked out in us, as I choose day to day, no matter how difficult it seems to be, No matter how difficult it seems to be to walk in love with people that are unlovely, no matter how difficult certain situations seem to be, I've got to work it out within my soul. Our soul is the problem because our soul has a perception, I can just get away with all kinds of things and we'll just deal with that later. I can get away with all kinds of different things and have attitude in so many different ways and I can just get away with that and well, you know, it'll work out. God will bless me anyway. Not if you're going to mature and grow up. See, God will take care of babies by doing what? By feeding them. Changing their diapers, you know, little babies. If you want to stay a baby, God will feed you. But I want to go beyond just being fed. I'm living beyond just being fed and taken care of. I'm living in the more than enough world of every area of my life. How about you? Amen? That's where He created us to live. But you have to work it out within your soul. Over the next month and a half, we're going to talk about how that has to be, that has to be categorized on a day-to-day basis because you may have victory in, a, in an area of your life And so, you spend more time over here where you have victory, but you're letting an area over here that you don't have victory just kind of fester and stay the way that it is. It will eventually contaminate the other. Just like you leave a bad apple in a bunch, what happens? They all become bad, right? You know what's funny? The good ones don't overtake the bad one. That's why... My responsibility is to get to the root of things within me that, cr- that have a wrong perception about certain things in life, like I can get away with this or that. I can be dishonest about this or that. I can lie about this or that. I can talk about someone or do something or stab someone in the back and do something like that. And, you know, stabbing in the back, we think, well, you know, nobody at church would do something like that. That's where all the stabbing happens. Some of the worst stabbing on the planet happens. But we won't talk about that now. <laughs> so, so all all I'm gonna do is I have a scripture with each of these four categories, actually five, the love of God is one. But in these four categories, I have, I have one scripture that goes with each of them, and I'm just going to kind of run through them, talk about each one of them just for a minute. But these, we're going to discuss these throughout the next month and a half, and there's other things we'll discuss, but we're, we're definitely going to fill in the blanks with things that have to do with these four categories. Um, but I want to look at, before I read that, I want to look at Galatians 3.29, Well, look at verse 28 of of Galatians 3. Galatians 3 28. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, "We're We're all one. Amen. We're all one. None of the outward stuff matters. We're all one. And if you are Christ's, and the answer to that question to me is I am, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's what seed? They kept saying that we are descendants of Abraham. Well, I'm a descendant of Herb Wimberly, my father, and my grandfather Herb Wimberly, senior, and. Beyond and beyond, I'm descendants of those people, but I'm of the seed of Abraham. Misperception. Hmm? I'm not a descendant of Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm of the seed (laughs) of Jesus Christ through my father Abraham. And we're going to talk about that. There's a huge difference in being a descendant and being seed anyway just keep that but he said and you are heirs according to the promise and the promise to abraham is that he would god would bless him empower him in every area of his life and that and then in romans chapter 4 it says and in galatians another piece here in, in galatians says that that empowerment to Abraham was not just to Abraham, but to his seed. And that's us. Right? We are heirs according to the promise that God gave to Abraham that came down through that lineage, through Jesus Christ to you and I. We have the right to the promise. We're blessed and we're empowered to prosper and advance in everything we do. So think about that as we read these four categories. The first one is health. Look at Psalm 107. Health. First category is health. Are people working hard in the world are people working hard out there to stay young and to stay fit and to to live longer lives and People are living longer right? I mean than they did say 50 or 100 years ago today people are living longer. I mean some people are And people are doing a lot To help with our physical bodies and live longer on the earth. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing How many how many want to live long? You know why? You want to live long because God said you did. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, want, I want longevity because he said he would give me long life and that things would go well with me if I would do certain things. There's promises to that long life. And the long life isn't 70 or 80 years. The long life is until you're finished. Amen? But he, gave, he promised us health. Now, I'm just going to read this, these two verses here out of Psalm 107, verse 19. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of, out of their distresses. Verse 20, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent His Word. Who is His Word that He sent? Jesus, the living Word. He sent His Word and healed us. Notice, it didn't say that He sent the Word to heal us. He didn't send the Word to heal us. Well, God's going to heal... No, no. He sent His Word and healed us. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. In this first category, concerning health, the promise to Abraham and to his seed, right, which is you and I, is that we have a right to be healed right now because He already healed us. Now, everything that I'm talking to you about in these four categories, you and I have to work that out within our soul on a day-to-day basis. We have to work that out because if you were raised in a home where that home had a misperception of God in any way, shape, or form, You've got to get free of that. You've got to get liberated from that because 3 John 2 says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. As what? As your thinking changes. When my thinking changes, then I become one that is enhancing and supporting the right perception of God in the earth. How are people going to know who God is? People are not going to just pick the Bible up and start reading it. Well, I mean, you know, supernaturally they will. But most, I mean, you know, nine and a half times out of ten, people are not going to just pick up the Bible and start reading it and get liberated and set free. They've got to have an example. Amen. Right? And they've got to have an example from people that have a correct perception. He sent his word and he healed me. What does that mean? No matter what, I'm well. No matter what, no matter the circumstance, no matter what what else I have to do, no matter if what the report that the doctor gives me, no matter what the doctor says I need to do, I am healed, and on the journey that I'm walking on, I've got to get it, I've got to work it out within my soul, I've got to make the changes, but my confession on a day-to-day basis has to be with the Word so that the Word I'm confessing becomes truth that liberates my mind. Listen. Listen. When your mind is liberated, done. You ever, okay, I'm going to say this. I thought this this a couple of days ago, so I'm going to say it like this. And don't get mad at me. Don't think anything negative because there's nothing negative about this. I'm just telling you the truth. I've heard people say to me, well, I got attacked in my body. I didn't go to the doctor and I was believing, and I got worse. But I know other people that didn't go to the doctor and got better. So, what's right? Who's right? Well, the one that didn't go to the doctor and got better, it's because they didn't go to the doctor because God said. And if you don't know how, because the next category that I'm going to talk about is hearing God. And if you don't know how to hear God, you need to go to the doctor. Right? Because we're all developing. And you may not go to the doctor one time, and you may go to the doctor the next time. So going to the doctor is, has nothing to do with it other than doing what God says. Because when I put the word in my mouth, and I begin to declare the word, notice in, in John eight you'll know the truth, which is the word, you'll know what it says, but the truth that you know experientially that you have put to work is what will make you free. That's what we have to work out. You and I have to work this process out because there's a whole world that has a misperception of God that we've been created to change. And that's the world God wants you to live in. In your businesses, in your jobs, everywhere you're at, wherever you come in contact with people, People want what you have, and you've got to make it tasty. Hmm? You've got to make that, there's got to be a fragrance coming from you that other people want. There's something about you that's just different, and they'll be drawn to you, and then things happen. I was on a long-distance phone call, long distance, They didn't live in town, but it's just minutes. <laughs> <laughs> long distance sounds real expensive. Well, if you're on a landline phone, I guess it is, right? I don't know. I haven't used one in a long time. Anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> long dis- I was on a phone call today, and I was on one yesterday. And in both of those phone calls with just other people, I was on that phone call because I have more than just knowledge, I have truth. I was in those phone calls with other people because wherever they're at, they're not getting it where they're at, whatever, whatever that means. It doesn't mean that I'm the only one that has something. I'm just saying in this situation with these two people, I have something, I have the truth. And should we have the truth to help people? Yes. You have the truth too. And 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 that truth has got to get stronger and stronger where our health is concerned. So we really believe that God sent the Word. He healed us, and then when attacks come against us, I'm going to work it out in my soul, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Because a healed man doesn't stay sick. Not a healed man. But I've got to want. I've got to want to fight for what belongs to me. That's what belongs to me. It's the promise that belongs to you. It's not you listening to me and thinking, well, you know, pastor's preaching at me. I'm not preaching at anybody. I'm not thinking about any one of you in some circumstance in your life. I'm thinking I'm giving you and delivering something to you from God to challenge you to get higher up in believing that you have a correct perception of who God is where health and healing is concerned. That's what we need. And that's what for the next month and a half and into 2019 in different ways we're going to talk about. Second category is being led by the Spirit of God, Romans 8 and verse 12. That's the thing about paper Bible, it doesn't freeze up. Romans 8 and verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, we're not, in other words, we're not in debt to the flesh to live according to the flesh or the senses or the, the, the natural realm. For if you live according to the flesh, and the word flesh there means the five physical senses, then you'll die. You'll, you'll, it, it, it'll cause premature things to happen in your life. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you'll live for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. As many as hear the voice of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, for the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God, and if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him so that we be glorified with Him. In other words, being extracted from the five physical sense realm way of thinking. See, the five physical senses will tell you, according to the first category, my body hurts, I feel that way, I'm sick. How are you feeling? Ah, I'm really sick. Just heard this word, and something's attacked your body, and out of your mouth, you're sick. Now, is that damaging something? I mean, is it it doing something about you getting well? If you've never changed what you say, how would you know? If he sent his word and healed me, how could I be sick? Said again, if he sent his word and healed me, how could I be sick? Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know how I felt the other day. Yeah, I didn't say you didn't have symptoms. But what am I going to do when symptoms attack my body? How am I going to react to those symptoms? Am I giving in to the flesh and, and listening to what my flesh says, how my flesh feels, or am I going to declare no? No, God said he sent his word and I am the healed by the stripes of Jesus. He liberated me. He didn't, he's not going to heal me when I feel better. He's already healed me and I declare the symptoms to leave. He took pain. You may have pain in your physical body. He took pain upon himself that I'd be liberated from pain. How much are we going to develop in our thinking the truth of that on a day-to-day basis and get really serious with it? Listen, a whole world has a perception that unless you get a miracle, there's, unless there's a miracle to happen, and, and I don't know if you've noticed, the lottery is kind of like a miracle. It's one in how many million that, that win the lottery? You know, miracles come that way too. Well, you know, I watched the testimony of here, but I didn't get one. But in the kingdom, the lottery's for everybody. We all win. Right? If... We let the Word become revelation so that it's truth. And the truth that I know and I live and I operate in on a day-to-day basis is set me free. Amen. Amen? And the key to it, and we talked about it at different times throughout the year, this past year. The key to it is that I learn how to hear God. And I allow God Himself to bear witness with my human spirit that what I'm telling you right now is absolutely the truth. You got to go to the scripture, you got to read it, you got to see it for yourself, and if it's truth, then not only is that for me, but then that becomes part of what I've been called to take to the world, to change the perception that people have of God. Most people think that God killed a person because they died for a specific reason. And, you know, you know I, used to, I used to not want to say things like this too much because I didn't want somebody to take it wrong if they had somebody that passed away. They had a lot of family members pass away, you know, but it wasn't God. God's not the taker of life. He's the giver of life. And you have to work that out. It doesn't mean we don't have compassion for people. We have great compassion for people. We love people. We're there for them. We want to help them. We pray for them. Help them through the situation and all those things. But at the end of the day, I can't let another person's experience change the way I believe the word. Did you hear me? If you let experiences from other people change the way you're digging into the word, you're going to lose it. You'll lose the correct perception of who God really is. You cannot base the truth of God's Word on an experience. You have to base the truth of His Word on the revelation that's come to you because you're putting the Word to work when you don't feel well and and you're learning to say, you know what, I heard what the pastor said, I'm not going to say I'm sick, I'm not. I'm going to get that out of my vocabulary. I'm going to get that word sickness. And listen, if you've called yourself sick time and time and time and time again, it won't leave overnight. I mean, every time you feel bad, oh, I feel sick. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. No, it's not that you shouldn't have said it. It's just change it. And stay with it till you get it done. Get it out of your vocabulary. I am not the sick trying to get well. I'm the healed. And sickness and disease has no right to remain in my body. How many can shout amen to that? Huh? But we got to believe this, and we got to get our confessions in line with this, or it's not working. I hear the voice of God. I do what the Spirit of God tells me. When I hear His voice, I do it. How many times have you known you heard God and you didn't do it? I mean, I could roll a scroll out in the last 41 years of how many times God told me to do something, you know, well, not a scroll, but I mean, at least to go back to Pedio back there. But, you know, a few times, a number of times, I knew it was God, and I didn't do it. I don't know about you, but I want that to stop right now. Stop it right now. If this, is, if this stuff is real, if what we're talking about, if not, I mean, if, 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 if we don't want to believe this kind of stuff, you just need to go do something else. But I promise you. You stay here and you stay a part of this place and I am challenging you to the core on this right here because at the end of the day, nothing else really matters. What do I believe? And am I believing God's promises or am I just believing a bunch of mumbo-jumbo? That's where the perception has got to change. The world has a distorted and in many places, In many cases, many times, a perverted understanding of the things of God. And we're here to change it. Amen? I'm not talking about changing the way they think. I'm talking about them changing the way they think because of what they see in you. Huge difference. You're not going to change a soul. Phone call I got this morning. You wouldn't even know the person, so it didn't matter phone call I got this morning had to do with the person's, one of the person's children uh, where they live, not wanting to go to church, uh, not really wanting to serve God. And uh, this person told me that, so so I've been like going in the morning before they go to school and telling them that we're going to pray. And... I'm going to pray over you and I want you to join hands with me. i mean, and you know, the, 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 this child's an older child and you know, certain age and, and, uh, uh, and you're going to join hands with me and we're going to pray and we're going to believe God. And they told me what they're doing and said, what do you think? I said, stop it. You're just pushing them away. Stop it. You're just pushing them away. What will work for you is if you, where they're not necessarily hearing you, you're praying Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 over their life. And you pray over them every single day, multiple times a day, and don't get tired of praying that even when you don't think something's working. I said, but, just tell them this somewhere when it's the right time and the right setting. Just say this. If you're going to live under, if you live under, and this young person's about 13 or 14 years old, if you're, as long as you're under my roof, you're going to church with me. As long as you, you don't have to go to the youth group, you don't have to serve in the church, you don't have to do anything, but you do have to show up, and you can't have your he- earphones in. I said, you tell them that, because at the end of the day, if they're starting to drift, they're trying to make decisions for themselves. And what you can do that is effective is praying for them, that their eyes be opened up to see, but you're setting them where the word is being preached and their spirit man's getting it. I said, that's all you need. You don't need to shove it down their throat. Don't try to pray with them again. You know, don't put little sticky notes with scriptures on it down there and don't put a, don't, you know, put a Jesus bumper sticker on the back of their bike. You know, I mean, that, that, it's just going to run them away. It's just going to run them worse away. Now, I'm giving you what I told this person in this situation. I'm not saying that's exactly the way it should be said in every situation. But that person called me because I've got light, I've got truth, I've got revelation and understanding. I heard God. Second category is it's key to hear God. That person needed to be able to talk to somebody and they needed somebody to listen. 30, 40 minutes, it was listening. Last fifteen twenty was giving the insight as my spirit man was giving me what to say in that situation. That's where people's perception of God changes. Time and time again, this person asked me, How did, why are you telling me that? How did you, you know that? Where would you get that from? I just said, from God. Because everything I said lined up and it's like they got off the phone. They called crying and got off the phone with the joy of the Lord. Why? Because of the truth. You see? Now, I, I, I mean, if you think I'm focused on how great I was in that situation, you take God out of the mix of that, I'm nothing. Huh? Nothing. I may have said all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, you need to make them do it. Do it. You know, what are they doing? Tell them they're the devil for doing stupid things like that. And you, Your head can tell you all kinds of crazy things. But the Spirit of God knows third thing prosperity third category is prosperity talking about for a christian first timothy 6 in verse 17 command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who gives us richly. Everybody say richly. Say, God gives me richly all things to enjoy. And that word things there, you know what it it translates out as? Things. The word things there is translated as things. Stuff. Material stuff. The things. Right? He said, with those things, let them do good, That they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, doing what? Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. To keep yourself from having difficulties and problems in the days ahead, you just obey this. That's the promise. God created us to richly enjoy everything that we have, not just barely get by street, not just enough, but to live in more than enough. That's what God created us to live. And that's a category that's vital for you and I to live in. But there, that, that passage, there's many of them, but that passage right there is a blueprint for that promise manifesting in your life. Fourth category is serving. Matthew 20 and verse 26. That's not what I wanted. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his ransom, his life a ransom for many. Servanthood or helps ministry that we talked about at our at our volunteer dinner. The helps ministry is a ministry that God has called everybody to be in. And here's the thing. Years ago, we worked hard at trying to put guilt trips on people sometimes. About serving. Um, but that doesn't work. Guilt trips don't work. You have to see yourself as a servant because Jesus was. And he said, if you want to become great in life, you serve. If you get burned out with serving, or you get you get frustrated in, in serving, like in the church, a church is a great place to find places to serve. And 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 to serve is a choice that you make, and you develop a right attitude, and you keep the attitude of servanthood because your desire is to become what God created you to be. And what's that? Great. Everybody say, I'm great. great. Say, I'm a great one. You, You and I were created to be great, and he said, the way to greatness is through servanthood. And you've got to work that out in your soul. If, you, if a person can't serve here, they need to go somewhere else and find a place to serve. Wow, Pastor, would you say that here? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it like I want you to leave. I'm saying it because what you're doing is you're sabotaging yourself from being great. See, we've got to work these things out in our soul in our soul, and we've got to, we, see, see, you can have knowledge, and you can hear me say that, you can have knowledge of stuff, and you can hear me say that, but if your perception isn't correct, you're going to think to yourself, I don't know that I believe that or not. Okay, well just do whatever you have to choose to either believe it or not, you know, because riding on the fence, you'll get nowhere. See you have to see it. You see, if people are putting you in a guilt trip for not serving, it's the wrong, it's the wrong motivation. You, you, servanthood is there because God set it up that way for you to become great. Because there's things you learn in serving that you would never learn going straight to the top. Yeah. That's, right. That's just what he said. Amen? Fourth category, and they're all tied to the fifth category, which is the love of God. 1 Corinthians 13. That's a good place to go. In <clears throat> verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries, and I have what? All knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, am what? What does it say? What's that word? Nothing. How much is nothing? Now, now I mean you're, you're going to hear me talk about that some over the next month and a half, and you've got to get that, because who in here wants to be nothing? So we've got to work out this love of God thing, and you work out this love of God thing by looking at verse 4 through 8. Love is kind. And then when you're in pride, you can't admit you're not kind. Well, I wasn't all that bad. Well, if they would have done, well, eh, no. Eh, 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 eh. All of it, eh, eh, eh. So you work that out in, in that part. And remember, this category touches the other four categories. See, for for health and healing, for hearing God, for prosperity and serving, all those things are good. So, see, it's a package thing, and all of these five categories have to work together. And as they begin to work together, and I'm not going to ignore a sign in one of those, then I've got the package that produces the results. You ever remember that in certain years in your born-again walk as you as you as you were growing spiritually and early on, that man, some things just happened like that. Bam. Well, things like that can happen when you're little bitty. But when you're growing up and you're developing into maturity, there are things that just won't happen. And that's why most people about a little ways in get discouraged and they come, they feel like they've hit a brick wall. Because they're not taught how to make these changes in these areas. God wants you above everything. He wants you healthy and wealthy above everything else. But that can only happen as your soul prospers and changes. Well, it's the same thing with serving. It's the same thing in hearing God. And it's the same thing with the love of God. Because the love of God is attached to every one of these categories. And it's the key that unlocks the power of the word causing you to do things. Do you know that the power and the truth of the revelation of God's word is what will cause you to accomplish the things that God wants you to accomplish in life? It's not you. It's not you becoming so smart that you're going to do it exactly right. It's the power of the revelation of His word that push. It's like it pushes you forward. You know, why did I make that? why did I do that right thing today? Why did, why, man, I, 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 you come home and you think, you know what, I, I should have been ugly to that person, but I wasn't, because you're working on it, you're working on it, and all of a sudden, man, you've made some choices, and it's like, it bypassed your natural mind. He'll do above and beyond anything that you can even ask or think of, where your natural mind is concerned. He'll go beyond those things and cause things to happen when you will put to work what I'm talking about tonight, and the next month and a half, we're going to talk about how that has to become vision for your own personal life. You've got to have vision for that. We can't just talk about it. We have to be doers of it. Can you say amen?